Hi, I'm Michael Krause, author of Smart Prospecting That Works Every Time by McGraw-Hill, and you're listening to The App Guy. The App Guy Podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, The App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I am your host, it's Paul Kemp, and it's with my pleasure that I introduce a terrific guest today. Uh, You know, we get uh, people from all around the world in all different walks of life, entrepreneurs, business owners, authors, and today I'm really excited because we have a a very interesting uh, episode ahead of us. It's an interview with uh, Scott Crampton, and he is the founder of the Murder Mystery Company. So uh, he actually has just been featured in the Inc. magazine. So uh, we're really thrilled that he could join us on the App Guy podcast and help uh, us, a bunch of indie app developers, find out how we can be successful. So Scott, it's great. Thanks for joining us on the App Guy podcast. Paul, I'm really excited to be here. I think there's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I like that you put uh, kind of like an English spin on my name at first. I think if I if I was in England, I would be Scott Crompton. I like that. And both who are American, Scott Crampton, which is more of what I got to get here in America. (laughs) Well, I mean, perhaps you could start just by, we we want to know about you and what you do. And uh, so could you give us like in a few minutes, uh, the the, the background story to who you are and and how it is that you started such a successful company, uh, the Murder Mystery Company? Well, um, I'm a, uh, I'm a theater major. I'm a theater graduate. I have a BS in theater from a school called Grand Valley State University. I got a BS in theater because I thought that was uh, more funny than getting a BA. I, I figured if I'm going into improv, I should have a BS in theater because that's basically what I've been doing. And, uh, you know, for the past decade, I've been fortunate enough to, you know, found and run uh, a very... Um, popular uh, company called the Murder Mystery Company. Uh, We're a national company that does both public and private murder mystery dinners. Uh, And to give you kind of like a little bit of the elevator pitch, just so your listeners understand, you know, functionally what we do is basically, you know, we come to you or you come to one of our public events and we do a two hour interactive murder mystery in which somebody will die in a comic way because It's a comedy, and it will be everyone's job there to solve the crime. Now, the neat part about what we do and what makes us so popular is some of the hammier people in the audience will actually play suspects, but the killer could be absolutely anybody, even you. It's um, it's like being in a live-action version of the game Clue, or for your European listeners, Cluedo. That's right. Yeah, Cluedo is something I grew up with and uh, played every Christmas and the board game would come out and we used to love it. It was one of my favorite board yeah. games. And Cluedo was first. Cluedo, uh, just like a lot of things, uh, Clue is the American knockoff of uh, Cluedo. Uh, so yeah, right. <laughs> it was first. It was invented, I believe, in your country during the war as a way to pass the time. And it was advertised in America for a very long time without actually um, any of the murder in it. I have the original game, one of the original game boxes, and you see people like looking under, there's no mention of murder at all, and you see people like looking under a rug, and actually Professor Plum is a picture of Albert Einstein. 
Fun fact. <laughs> okay, that's amazing. So tell us, how did you uh, start such a, a great business on this idea? I mean, you know, perhaps well, you can take us back to that time when you, you just had the concept and you made it a reality. Well, you know, it like a lot of things in life, it just comes from saying yes and then things just kind of spiraling uh, beyond your control. Uh, one of my life philosophies that I've always had is if you're not in over your head, you're just not trying hard enough. And I've always felt like I'm in over my head. Uh, that's been one of the keys. And I think that a lot of people feel, oh, I'm in over my head. I need to get out. I feel like I'm in over my head. I need to keep going. And, um, you know, it's funny, I was just walking down the street one day and uh, an old college friend of mine runs up to me and he's like, hey, Scott, um, I'm like, hey, how you doing? And um, we talked for a moment. He's like, hey, I run this bar and I know you used to do theater. Like, he's like, do you still do theater? I'm like, yeah, I'd only been out of college actually now for probably a year or so. And uh, he says, do you know a company that does like murder mysteries? And I'm like, no. And he's like, um, yeah, we haven't been able to find one. And then he just looks at me and he says, do you want to be a company that does murder mysteries? And I said, yeah. So <laughs> that's how we landed our first show. And, uh, we, uh, you know, I, I put something together. I'd never really, I'd always loved it growing up. I've always been obsessed with murder mysteries, the Columbo's, the Banachek's, obviously the Sherlock Holmes. Uh, I've always been obsessed with that growing up. And my mom and me always used to watch those. Um, but you know, I never functionally seen one live. So I kind of made it up out of thin air and, uh, we did one and we just plugged along for, you know, three, four years. I never really thought of it as a real, uh, as a real thing for quite a while. Then, um, just like a lot of people's stories, I suppose, I just had one of those times where you have like eight things going on and your life is great and you're on top of the world. And then just two months later, Really not even from any fault of your own. I don't have some, I was doing a lot of heroin type story or I was arrested. Just a bunch of the businesses I was working for closed and a bunch of the things I was doing stopped stopped happening. And uh, for one of the jobs, I got fired. I got let go because uh, they owed me money. Um, so I just lost everything, just all at once. I just lost everything and I went from, you know, feeling on top of the world and doing great at like, you know, 25, 26 to just being near destitute. And I found a job at a furniture store in, uh, in right around 2007. And in 2007, uh, Michigan had one of the worst economic, uh, disasters in the history of the state and almost in the history of America it was close to the, you know, the uh, 1929 uh, stock market crash there. And so I'm selling furniture, a commission job when nobody's buying anything, they're hoarding their money and putting it under their mattress. Uh, and if they don't have a mattress, they're sleeping on the floor. So I can't, I barely, I can barely sell anything. So all I have is this commission only job, a tremendous amount of downtime at work. And I still have uh, the murder mystery company, which, you know, it's kind of plugging along, nothing big. Again, we were just, it was like a fun hobby at that time. So I said, I have to make the murder mystery company work. It's all I have left. And I just taught myself everything. And that's an important lesson. 
I figured out what is the most expensive thing that I cannot figure out how to do. Like what, what, what can I not afford, I should say, to hire somebody to do? And I learned that. And at that time, it was SEO, it was search engine optimization. I had around this time started getting a handful of calls because somebody had put up a free website for us. And when I say a handful of calls, I mean a handful. I literally would take the call and be like, hey, what's happening? <laughs> and they're right. like, is this the murder mystery company? And, <laughs> okay. I'm, and I'm like, um, yes, of course. I'm so sorry. Yes, this is the murder mystery company. I'd practically be like, how did you get this number? And I found out it was just from the internet. It was just from that. Was that because um, the murder mystery company uh, or murder mysteries are a fractionalized market. There's no, there was no at that time hard brand name of murder mysteries. Like you got it to go to this murder mystery brand. So people just search it on the internet. And if they were in my little town in Grand Rapids, we'd come up. So I got this idea of what if I learned SEO. What if I learned how to make it so we were at the top of Michigan? Then I went to the top of Chicago. Then I went to the top of Ohio. And, you know, I would spend eight hours online just taking free lessons, doing free YouTube things, learning to change my website, calling in favors from friends of mine who did videos to make, you know, a, a fun video or to, you know, take some better pictures and everything I could do. But at the same time, I'm working at this furniture store. So I didn't take, you know, this big risky loan. I didn't do this you know, big stuff. And gradually I was able to, I got more and more calls and eventually I found hiding spots at work. I'd be, you know, uh, next to like a big box with some chairs in it, hiding from my management, <laughs> taking this call and trying to sound very professional. And I, I looked professional. I was wearing a suit, but I was in like, on like a dusty floor between like, you know, two sofas and <laughs> just literally <laughs> hiding, hoping that they wouldn't find me during these calls. And I made more of them work and I sold them and our product was good and uh, and it was neat. I also had this kind of team at this furniture store there because everybody was bored and everybody got on board and I was really passionate about it. But, you know, if you're if you're thinking about getting into this, you know, app developer world, you know, which is, you know, a crowded world, one of the big things I can tell you about that that really changed everything that I did was learn to do the expensive stuff. Don't take out this big loan. You know, if you need to, if you want to be an app developer, you better know how to run, you know, software. You better know a lot of the ins and outs of, of computers. And if you don't know it, learn it. Harvard at one point in time, way, way back, was a place that they kept books. You know, it was just this place where people would basically hoard books and hoard knowledge. That's not true anymore. Harvard doesn't have a lock and key on all the knowledge. If you want to get a Harvard diploma, you can get all of the education. You just can't, you just have to pay for the diploma. You can get all this stuff for free from anywhere, any school, the best information. I mean, even like this podcast, you can hear wonderful people, talk, passionate people talking about what you want to do. So just learn it yourself. Do it yourself. Uh, don't take out loans. Don't take out big credit card things. Especially for an app, it's not like you have to build an app with bricks and stone. 
you know, you need to <laughs> not yet, but there could be an idea there. <laughs> yeah, although you know, this is really inspiring because I actually my my road to app development was very much that. It was uh, phoning up for a quote, and the quote was like thirty thousand dollars, and I'm like, I can't pay for that for this this idea, and so yeah. uh, it just led me down the road. And so I think people listening, you could almost take inspiration from that that great advice that just learn the stuff that's really expensive. The other thing I wanted to pick up on your story yeah. is that. Uh, you talked about getting to know SEO. SEO used to be, well, it was the big thing, uh, you know, when back back when uh, the Google was really becoming a very popular search engine. And what's happening nowadays is that there's this emerging, uh, I guess, uh, interest in ASO, ASO, App Store Optimization. Yeah. <clears throat> and that could be like, a, you know, the, the early, slightly early SEO days where there's a lot of manipulation about getting your app to the top of the uh, rankings and getting found within the app stores. And so I feel like uh, we could we could learn a lot from you there in terms of the SEO. Yeah, um, absolutely. Again, I don't know, uh, in honesty, I don't know a ton about uh, app SEO, um, but I can tell you that it's pretty much the uh, most important thing. Uh, all, ultimately, people make very arbitrary choices in life. It's very rare. You see only a handful of app commercials or app things like that. And uh, for us, like, like in our biz, uh, in our business, uh, you know, there's very few uh, competitors that really understand uh, SEO, and it's almost more important than the product itself. Now we have a wonderful product, and I pour most of my money into making it better and better. But ultimately, it's about being seen more than anything. And I think a lot of people, especially in the app world, because I've read a few books. Uh, in the app world, they focus a lot on just, oh, I'll make the app and then people will come to it. And that's not always true. Uh, it's better to, uh, it's, there's plenty of apps better than, you know, Clash of Clans or Angry Birds or, you know, Flappy Bird for that matter. And um, there's plenty of apps better than those, but they happen to have the most amount of eyes on them at the time. And that's overall more important. We choose, we don't, uh, here in the States, we don't choose a president based on an IQ test. We choose it on popularity. And we do pretty much everything else on that, too. Well, what I also love about your story is that, and I think that will be really inspiring to people listening, is that you were in a job, a full-time job, and yet you made this happen on the side and you became you know, passionate about it. And then it was only until, I guess, you got to breaking point that you realized, yeah, that can make this really work. And I just feel that when people are you know, like complaining about uh, their work, they haven't got enough time, that we can pursue these uh, side projects. And we have had previous guests, in fact, that have pursued these side projects and then ended up launching some successful apps. And uh, the other thing that's sort of on my mind is the success of an app recently called QuizUp. QuizUp, and they... Uh, was successful because they released very small portions of the app to see which parts would work. And they built these with several different apps, you know, just releasing small ones, just testing it out. And then was the big app, you know, and, and then they released the quiz up and it became like a phenomenal hit, big sensation. And uh, like a lot of people using it. So I loved that story. And it kind of reminded me the way you, you built up the murder mystery. So yeah, uh, that's, that's a lot yeah. like what Roger Corman used to do. Uh, he's a filmmaker, an old filmmaker, still exists, and uh, he's famous because he's made almost uh, he's made like five hundred films or something like that, some ridiculous amount of movies, and they've all made more than their budget, uh, which is phenomenal. 
And his secret that nobody else had done before is he released posters, put them at the movie theaters, and then never made the, a lot of the movies. <laughs> and, and he just basically judged poster reaction. If people wanted to see it, then he'd make the movie. And if people didn't want to see it, then he wouldn't make the movie. Uh, and he'd base everything uh, on that, on what the people actually want. And it sounds that, uh, like that's a lot about uh, what Quizzert did, was they released portions of it, decided what was going to be popular, and then you know tested it. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, neural marketing, but you know when Coca-Cola releases a new flavor of pop, they know if people like it. That's what the big boys get to do. They put you in a brain scan machine. It sounds crazy. It sounds, you know, total recall-ish, but it's true. They'll put you in a brain scan machine. They'll have you try the pop, and they'll see if you like it. Wow. Uh, they don't even ask you a question anymore. They know if you like it now. Um, and one of the most amazing things about business now, which is very different than what it used to be, you know, even 50, 60 years ago, you had to open a brick and mortar store. You had to pay, you had to get, you know, enough money for rent, all this different stuff. If you have some ideas for apps and you're not sure which direction to go, you know, put a bunch of advertising out there. Uh, do a bunch of, you know, do soft launches of small parts of it. That's an absolutely brilliant idea. Figure out what's successful and then go that direction. I, I love this, Scott, because uh, there was no collusion beforehand, but you've just picked up on one of the biggest long-running themes of this podcast now, your episode 84, and almost every successful person coming on here seems to say the same thing in pre-vetting your idea, getting a validation from the market. And it is is so important with app development because everyone's got an app idea. We all have these amazing things and they're going to be the next Twitter or WhatsApp. And, and yet no one really seems to be focused on testing it beforehand, you know, testing the idea, maybe uh, doing it as an enterprise type app and giving it to a, you know, a few target market or, uh, users and seeing their reaction. I love that poster idea as well, uh, that, that, um, that could actually be uh, applicable to releasing maybe just a, few, a handful of apps and seeing what the reaction is, or maybe advertising. Yeah, you're right. Oh, so much stuff here, Scott. I honestly, <laughs> I would, uh, I wasn't expecting all these wonderful golden golden nuggets of information. So that's, um, you know, we're moving on here, and I just wondered if uh, you could tell us how you're using technology in your company, and because I believe that you had this Ink uh, article, this uh, Ink magazine article, based on how you're using tablets. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um... One of the functionally hardest things about what we do is it wouldn't have worked about 25 years ago. Uh, we would have had to run ads in, you know, hundreds of different phone books uh, to try to get people uh, like us. Because what we're searching for is a very, very rare fish. You know, somebody, you know, there may only be in a state 5, 10, 15 people per state per day that have even an interest of saying, I'm going to do a private murder mystery. Uh, so, you know, when you think about that it, per state, you, you know, it's hard to open, like you just run a place in Michigan. So really the only way to build a big company is to actually have it available everywhere. And then, you know, 15 or 10 leads per state suddenly turns into, you know, 50 times, you know, 48 states, you got hundreds of leads a day. Now you have a real business. So. I guess the reason I'm kind of going uh, telling you this is we have to make we had to do on the cheap 
uh, ability to create something nationally, which is usually nationally is known, you know, you fly everybody out, you train everybody that way. And what we did is we created something called Dr. Watson. And uh, the reason we call it Dr. Watson is Dr. Watson is always helping out a fake detective. And really what we have here is a, a large amount of actors being fake detectives. So we thought Dr. Watson was perfect. And it's a cloudware that we develop that basically tracks and allows communication for everything that we do uh, with our company, including ticket sales, including the ability to check people in. Because that's a very hard thing. These actors that are doing shows for public are also the box office. They have to make sure that people coming in actually have tickets. Uh, and they have to make sure that the people that called in to our headquarters in our call center here, they have to make sure that somebody that just called in a few minutes ago is on the list properly. So what we did was we got everybody tablets. And now everybody's able to use these tablets to not just check people in, but we put a swiper on them. So you can swipe credit cards. You can sell the tickets uh, you know, live there. They use our updating, consistently updating Watson Cloudware to see how many people are supposed to be there. And then for a private show, they'll use that same Cloudware to, uh, to know every single thing we know about the client. You know, from what theme it is to what time they're supposed to show up to little tiny things like, hey, make sure to pick on our boss or, hey, uh, make sure not to say anything about the fire department because, I don't know, uh, everybody's really sensitive about that for some reason. <laughs> but um, basically, we, we were able to use this and because we got all these tablets, because we kind of did this and we actually embed them as apps. Uh, so to them, they just click on it like a little app picture. It's technically cloudware, but they, you know, half the actors think they're apps. <laughs> and, well, they are. I guess they're web apps, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they're web apps. You're right. And, um, but yeah, so we just embed them as web apps and they touch them. And they're like, I touch this button to get people to uh, uh, book shows. I touch this button and uh, now <laughs> I'm in a screen where I can just swipe this credit card. And we make everything very, very simple. Uh, so I let me try and understand yeah. this then, Scott, because uh, it sounds like you you built this like as if it could be for your own company. But this is a nationwide cloud system for what any third party uh, company running a murder mystery no it's i mean it would be it, we, it's something we exclusively use that we oh, okay built. so you're using it for your own company we yeah we built it for our own company for us okay. eventually like we never do it for murder mysteries there's only a handful of competitors and um, we certainly don't want to give them our large bazooka that we built um, to make everything right, okay. run work for any price because obviously that wouldn't be advantageous. However, um, we have uh, we are in phases where we've talked about, you know, should we uh, just tweak this a little bit and release it for other things that are similar but not real competitors? An example may be like um, – you know, high school theater or dance shows, stuff like that. Uh, we've never gotten into that again. I'm a writer and I do theater and I love those things. So that's what I wanted to do. Uh, that's what I've wanted to do. And um, I guess that's what I'm fortunate enough to be able to do uh, by creating and running, you know, this company and the thousand people that work for us. Well, thank you for sharing that. And, you know, like I was just thinking of a, a previous guest that came on the show, Drew Boyd, who uh, won some accolades for writing a book called Inside the Box. Oh, and, I, yeah. Yeah. He, I don't know if you've heard of that book, but uh, he I was have. really 
it was a really great episode. And yeah, if you um, you know listening, uh, you maybe want to check that out. Just go to uh, theappguy.co, theappguy.co, and check out the episode for Drew Boyd. It's one of my earlier ones. And yeah, he he was fascinating because he was saying that we just you know for building apps, for building businesses, exactly what you were talking about. We take what's really successful with one industry, with one function, with one feature, and then apply it completely. You know. To, to somewhere else and uh that's i guess what you're thinking about there with oh, the development of this cloudware yeah absolutely I, I think one other thing for us we have we have certain inspiration and we've had uh, i don't want to say our product is like this but how we've tried to train replicate in our thought process is always is this how like a mcdonald's would do something and we try to train in that manner where you know, you go to one McDonald's and you go to a McDonald's 10,000 miles away, the Big Mac tastes exactly the same. But they're never, uh, it's never from exceptional people. And I'm not saying there's not exceptional people working at McDonald's. I'm sure there are. But McDonald's has not survived for this many years and been this successful because they hire exceptional people. And there's a fantastic book called The E-Myth Revisited that I'd recommend for all your readers because I think one of the hardest things for an app developer to understand is when if you're developing an app alone, yes, you are making a product and you may be great at making a product, but that's only part of your job. Uh, you may be a worker in your own company, but that is not your only job. You are a company owner now. If you're trying to sell this app, you're a salesman. If you're trying to market this app, you're a marketer. You don't just get to be an app developer alone. If if you want that, you just need to try to work for somebody else. But if you want to make this and you really want to make it, one, of course, read the E-Myth Revisited, but just functionally know you're taking on multiple different jobs until you can hire somebody else to do it. Not just I'll create a good product and then yada yada stuff will happen. I'll be rich. The most successful stories of these app developers are people that are good at marketing, have figured out how to manage other people. They figured out how to successfully sell a product. They figured out how to make turn a profit. You know, they figured out all these different things. That might have been a little rambly, but I wanted to get to it. <laughs> no, that's uh, E-Myth Revisited. Yeah, I'll put that on the show notes as well. because that's You know, what I'm thinking of, you said you had a great app idea when we were having the pre-chat. Yeah. So it'd be great to flesh that out because I think there's some technology in uh, iPhones now that is, is going to really be inspiring and possibly could be useful for your next wave of uh, interactive uh, murder mysteries. So let's flesh out this app idea that you have, Scott. Absolutely. So one of the things we've been really talking about, and heck, if any of your listeners want to email me with, uh, you know, they're interested, one thing we've been talking about is really putting together something that interacts with them from their phone standpoint while they're actually at the show. I'd love to be able to get clues from the actual murderer and use that as a funnel to kind of funnel more people and likes into our Facebook. So we want to create the engagement consistently, not just when they're there at the show, but we want them to think and talk about, uh, you know, the show in the forums that we have uh, for other things. We have quite a few Facebook followers and we're always looking to get more and more likes from Facebook so that people can continue to engage and we can stay out in front of them. Uh, because I think one of the hardest parts about marketing something is, you know, two or three years later, you're like, oh, I went to this murder mystery show and I loved it. And somebody's like, oh, what are you, what, what were they called? And they're like, uh, 
murder mystery group <laughs> and they don't have, they, they remember liking the show but they don't necessarily remember what it was so we try to stay in front of them with facebook with twitter and we wanted to create an app where it, they can go to the app they can like us on facebook uh, they can follow us on twitter but they get something kind of for it in the show they get some extra clues uh from the murderer they're kind of a live updating uh clue thing so that they're also engage that way and then they create the continual engagement for what we do so you're almost running the perfect business to experiment with all these different app ideas because i just feel that uh with the interaction now twitter is almost immediate so that there could be really good use of of twitter and i'm almost thinking as well there's a technology in iphones called ibeacon and uh, what's interesting about that is you can pinpoint to uh, immense accuracy the location of uh, the uh, people on you know on your list or uh, and so retailers are using this eye beacon uh, for when uh, their customers are walking around the store they'll send them different offers on uh, jumpers or uh, sweaters sorry and uh, sneakers <laughs> I'm getting yeah. this right yeah so but you could use that you could use eye beacon you know either plant some of these eye beacons in a house uh, or I just feel like there could be some really interesting novel oh, uses gosh. for this technology there, there. It's amazing how much uh, tech, uh, automation technology there is right now. It's, it's honestly, it's staggering to keep up with, um, and it's amazing. It, we live in such a, a fantastic world right now, where everything is so accessible, and there's constant technology technological advancements and if you as you know if any of your listeners just they want to make they don't want to do their whole home jobs no offense to anybody with a whole home job but they want to do something different all they have to do is get in front of this kind of technology become an expert in it and then sell that service uh, sell that ability to be an expert because people, uh, major companies, the Coca-Colas of the world, the McDonald's of the world, they're desperate to find people who have already learned this on them, their own because there's not school teachings for this. There's, you know, web teachings for this. There's, you know, uh, podcasts where you learn about this stuff. Um but so how's this for an app yeah. idea then? I'm just getting, um, honestly, I've, I've got loads of ideas here. What, one yeah. one of the uh, possibilities is that you have an app that people download when they've been to uh, the murder mystery, uh, like a private function or, or whatever it is they've been to, and they get logged. And then when uh, they're going about their business, if they go past another uh, person who has been on that show, uh, sorry, been to the, the event, then uh, their phone vibrates and it will it will send them a push notification to say you have just walked past a suspect. Oh my gosh, that would be <laughs> how cool would that be? That would be like that would be one. Of, I'm not just saying this; that would be amazing. Uh, I'm going to write that down and then re-listen to it. Uh, I have absolutely zero idea how to do that, but if any of your listeners do, feel free to email me. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, no, I just think like... there's um, there are apps that have been around for quite some time that uh, vibrate when you go past someone else that is in the same community. Uh, yeah. There's an app called Grinder, uh, but they really, you know, this could this could be applicable to you because it, it keeps that that engagement going and you know, I guess that that lifelong value of your customer it doesn't have to just be for one night it no. can be ongoing engagement and we've learned you know that the more you engage with your users then the, the more they're likely to you know shout about your business and, and get recommendations and word of mouth so uh, yeah, that, I think that's I think one thing that's overlooked, I, you always see people who are trying to create the next Candy Crush and 
you know, I hate saying that that's hard, but that's really hard. You, you, it's up there with being the next, you know, Brad Pitt or something like that. Uh, it's possible, but it, it's a challenge. Um, what is kind of a little lower hanging fruit is taking all these millions of mom and pop type shops uh, or like mid-level companies and giving them app ideas or building an app and then, you know, having meetings with them and tell them, look, I can integrate this app and customize this app for your company and, you know, I'll sell it to you for a flat rate of, you know, $10,000 and we'll have your little stamp or something like that. And you could make a fair living doing that, just creating one app and kind of door to door selling it, so to speak, uh, to mid-level companies that would be interested in something like that. Because if somebody had pitched me something like that right now, and there's like, I built it, uh, give me a week and I'll customize it to you. I'd be like, yeah, that sounds fantastic. This is what this is the beauty of this show is that we really do you know get the creative juices flowing and and so there, here's one more for you as well before okay. we just finish up, uh, just have to share this one. Uh, there's a company BMW that produced the Mini. They did I've a, heard of a, BMW. yeah. So they do a really they did a really effective marketing campaign in one of the German cities, whereby uh, for the course of maybe a week or ten days uh, they had uh, they were going to give away a Mini. And the way to get this mini was that you needed to uh, have this uh, thing on your phone, your your iPhone. You had to have like the winning ticket kind of thing. Okay. Uh, but uh, but others, if they come within a five hundred meter radius of you, would steal it, steal that. And so it was almost like a, the mad chase to try and keep hold of this thing. And it would then jump around and jump around. And, and you, as an iPhone user, could see exactly where the winning uh, mini is, you know, the person with the winning ticket. And so you would chase after them. And so it, it was just a really effective viral campaign. And I'll put uh, links to that on the show notes as well. Um, but you could almost like apply that to uh, include something, some kind of murder mystery theme and, and use the same sort of, uh, I think yeah. that would be something that would go national. That would be fun. I wonder how many people did that for the, uh, I, I honestly, like if I had the winning ticket and I could have a mini and somebody came at me, I would punch them in the face <laughs> and steal it back. Well, uh, you're running because, a murder mystery company, yeah. so you'd probably even do something worse than that. <laughs> we do a lot of fake murders. Very, very uncommon for us to do real murders. We left that behind a couple of years ago. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so many ideas. And unfortunately, uh, this, this show is only... Uh, so long and um, and before we do guys say goodbye though we do always ask guests you know uh, what uh, phone you, you carry and, and if you have perhaps just one app idea that you could share with us that would would be uh, most grateful um so if i was going to do one right now not related to the murder mystery company so i did kind of pitch my murder mystery app idea um one i do have a, a iphone 5s uh i bought that for apparently no reason because it's the same as my iphone 5 and um <laughs> i would uh i would put a good clash of the clans guide uh, so many people play clash of the clans and i've downloaded three guides to it because it is a fairly confusing game so many people play clash of the clans and uh, there's three guides. I apologize if you're listening and you created one of them, but all three of them blow. Uh, two of them are just straight up. You downloaded it and you can barely get to anything. It's just 
15 ads. They're basically immediate deletes. And the other one updates once every 20 years, I believe. The last time they updated was like 84. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that Clash of the clans is a game coming out. So yeah, that's what I would do. I, if I was just trying to make it in the app world, I would just straight up do a million unofficial guides to everything. Unofficial guide, candy crush, unofficial guide, because people become upset. There's, you know, 10% of the people become super fans of something. And, uh, those people will download that. So I would download anything that would tell me a little bit more about how to make it in Clash of the Clans. Yeah. Well, it's made a lot of million millionaires uh, creating, uh, guides for very popular games. And obviously in a roundabout way, you've then admitted your favorite app on your iPhone 5S. It is right now. Yeah, it certainly is right now. <laughs> I, actually, I'm not lying. I have it physically up right now. That you're probably, I'm sure you've been playing it during the interview, which is really impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't go to war, but I can push the little gold things. And if I keep it up, nobody can attack me. Uh, so right, okay. that's my that's my secret success trick to Clash of Clans. They haven't built a feature where they can see live attacking. So if you have it open 24-7, nobody can <laughs> attack you and steal your things. So, Scott, how can we best uh, connect with you? You've been very kind to say, you know, email me throughout the interview. Uh, yeah, clearly, I, there's going to be a lot of eager people uh, listening and, and, and really looking forward to get, reaching out and connecting with you. How can we best do that then? Well, first and foremost, um, what I'd love you guys to do is come see a show because they're fantastic. Uh, there's something just completely different. And if you go to a show, you're going to walk out with a story. You're going to walk out with a nickname. You're going to walk out with something special. It's not just watching something. It's, it's, it's experiencing something and it's wonderful. And I'm sure people, uh, your listeners have always kind of wanted to do something like this. And this is really the time, uh, you know, we're everywhere. If you're in America, we're there. Uh, Are you in overseas yet? Do you have any uh, uh, in the UK or? We have not done uh, really much of anything. Uh, you guys have all these weird, uh, like, we can't come to your country and just open a business without paying some sort of taxes or something. It's <laughs> really, really ridiculous. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know why you'd have that. But, uh, yeah, the, we, we've done um, international shows before. Uh, we, have, we get calls from Europe. Uh, we get a lot of calls, actually, from uh, Sweden. And we just haven't been able to make something like that work mainly just because your country doesn't want people from America making money in your countries. It's not um, just you. It's, uh, it's uh, yeah, we're yeah. really falling behind in terms of being an open place to do business. <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, so we, anyway, so yeah, we'll come over to America. Yeah, so, yeah go to um, .com. Uh We do still do private parties. Um, we do a lot of things like that. We're more than willing to travel and we can get around all that stuff there. Um, if you're listening in the States, we are in a city by you. We're, uh, we're the largest, second largest theater company uh, in America. And in the world, we are the third largest theater company. Uh, the uh, England has this uh, thing that I think Shakespeare started called the Royal Shakespeare Company, I believe. Yes, I've seen that's a few of their plays, yeah. That's second. And uh, number one is uh, Cirque de, uh, de la Soul uh, by volume. So uh, we do the third most volume in the world. So we're around you. And uh, come see a show again, themurdermysterycompany.com. If you want to get a hold of me personally, uh, I don't normally do this, but this is my uh, m uh, my email is murdermysterydetective at gmail.com. That's murdermysterydetective 
at gmail.com if you happen to be an app developer and you uh, again uh, i'm not looking to really hire one but i'm more than interested if you already built something you think would work for me send me send me something it could be interesting uh, i'm always looking to make uh, products better yeah no i, th- I think that uh, we really did uh, come up with a, a terrific idea there yeah well you know using all the technology in the iphone 5s it could be just uh, something very special with an app that in continues engaging with uh, uh, people that have gone to the show and, and just uh, want want more so uh, uh yeah you could almost use um uh you know the uh you could uh, superimposing uh, certain uh, uh murders like so uh, some murderers could come across your screen as you're taking a photo <laughs> for instance i mean yep. it's just like yep. i've got yeah, loads of ideas there's but... that like kind of like the ghost photo app yeah you, you could have oh yeah oh, there's oh, already one out there oh. <laughs> uh yeah, yeah that, that's the thing they're like drops and apps are kind of like drops in the ocean i mean there's a lot of them it doesn't mean they're not all worthwhile but there's a lot right. well scott it just leaves me to say thank you so much for giving up your hey, valuable time and you. coming on the app guy podcast it's been really enjoyable pleasure being journey. on the app guy podcast and uh, all the best and we'd love to have you uh, you're welcome back anytime we'd love to get you back on and uh, in the meantime yeah just all the best with what you're doing and uh, congratulations on the success uh, and perhaps when we do get you back on you'll be number two or even number one so uh, yeah you know. yeah absolutely We're, we'll strive to be uh, we'll strive to be number two uh, <laughs> beat that that Shakespeare guy <laughs> coming out of the woodwork he's had a few years on you though yeah he, he's been doing it a little bit longer than I have <laughs> And when I come back, I promise to try to do it entirely in an English accent. Um, oh, right. Okay. <laughs> same here. I'll try and do it. Okay. You can try to do that too. You're, you have, right now, I mean, you're, you, you have a terrible Alabama accent. It doesn't sound good. <laughs> it doesn't sound realistic at all. So, all right. Well, thanks, Paul. I do Great appreciate Scott, yeah. it. Thanks to all the listeners. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. If you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone, then please send an email to info at onemob.com. The App Guy Podcast. 